Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional. Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we left off with David. How he came up against Goliath in the name of the Lord. Uh, the scripture says in 1 Samuel 17.45, then, <clears throat> then said David to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. We have to understand that David really believed in the name of the Lord of hosts. He understood all that time, the relationship, the fellowship that he had with God out there taking care of uh, his father's sheep. And of course, his brothers were in the army of uh, Israel with Saul, but he had experience in fighting. When he killed that bear and when he killed that lion, it was like going to school, the school of experience. It was on-the-job training, and however God taught his hands to fight, he was able to take out that bear and take out that lion. Well, David understood covenant too. That's another thing that helps us understand that the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, he had made a covenant with the nation of Israel. God had initiated that covenant on Mount Sinai with uh, Moses. But you go back further with Abraham, with Jacob, with Isaac, the covenants that God had made with them concerning the seed of, of, of their descendants, meaning the rest of the Jews or the Israelites, the Hebrews. We have to look at the importance of covenant as to what is behind the power of that covenant. When God said to Abraham, you know, I'm going to swear by myself, we have to understand that God was swearing by his own name, by his own name. There was nobody else. So when he initiated these covenants, and it says that God talked to Abraham in the book of Genesis, he swore by himself because there was no greater. So according to the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 16, it says, <clears throat> And said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thine only son. So, so God made and swore unto David, but that word sworn, sworn, I have sworn, it comes from a Hebrew word, Shabbat. It's the prime root to the word to be complete, something that is complete. But it also comes from the word seven, to seven oneself. The idea behind it is that God, as though repeating a declaration seven times, it's like 
He was saying, Abraham, I swear to you by me, by my name. Abraham, I swear to you by my name. Abraham, I swear to you. In other words, I promise. I am making a promise and I am also making an oath. The promise to do the thing that I have said and the oath that I will keep and fulfill that promise that I have said unto you. So that when we come to the New Testament and we read in the book of Hebrews, we find that God himself, and these are translations, different translations that we can look at in Hebrews uh, 16, uh, uh, 6, uh, 13. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, God made a promise that he would not withhold his own son, just as Abraham did not withhold his son from God when God asked for him. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, and remember, all the promises of God are amen. They're yes in God, and they're amen, and God is the God of the amen. Now, when God had made a promise to Abraham, since there was no greater than himself, notice that, there is when, when he's saying this, that means that God is saying there is no other God. There, there, it's not like there's a family of gods out there and I'm, I happen to be one of them. I am the one and only. I am the true God, the living God. Since there was no greater than himself, he seventh himself or he swore an oath. On his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. God has, God does, and God will always exist in spite of anything or everything because he is God. He is sovereign, self-existent. He doesn't need anything to exist. He just exist. Well, this self-existent God that had also appeared to Abraham in Genesis, Genesis chapter 17, he had appeared unto him as El Shaddai, the Almighty, the Almighty God. That means that he is all-powerful. So this Almighty God swears unto Abraham that I I'm going to make a promise unto you. And I am going to keep that promise. Those are the two things that are mentioned. Here's another translation of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. No one is greater than God. So he made a promise in his own name. When he said to Abraham. In other words, when he swore. So as we look at this, looking at another translation, it says, For God having promised to Abraham, since he had no greater to swear by, swore by himself. God swore by himself. 
I, I remember when little little children are are playing or something like that. Do you promise? And you know they talk about a pinky promise and uh, you know cross my heart and hope to die. But here God Himself is saying, "I am giving you a promise, Abraham." And since there's nobody else greater than me, and there's no one else that can fulfill the promise, I am going to make myself the assurance of that promise. And when you come to the the New Testament, you, you find how many times God talks about us having confidence in his promises. Abraham was able to believe God and the promise that God had made. But God himself, whether Abraham would have believed or not, God himself had sworn that he would do it. But of course, Abraham did believe, and that's why he was called the friend of God. For God, having promised to Abraham, since he had no greater to swear by, swore by himself. And then another translation says, God made, an, made a promise to Abraham. And there is no one greater than God. So he made the promise with an oath in his own name. An oath that he would do what he had promised. So in other words, he tells him, look, Abraham, I'm going to do this for you. And because there's nobody else that I can swear by that I'm going to do this for you, then I swear by my own name. I swear by my integrity. I swear by my own character. I swear by my nature. I swear by my completeness. Completely who I am. Now that's a strong backing. To believe a promise, to have God not only make a promise, and there's hundreds if not thousands, tens of thousands of promises in the scripture, that God is backing each and every one of those promises. Another translation says, when God made his promise to Abraham, he made a vow to do what he had promised. Since there was no greater than himself, he used his own name when he made his vow. Now remember what we read in the book of Revelation, that God was going to speak his name to those that overcame. So it might be possible not only that, Abraham heard God say, I promise, or I promise, or I promise. It's possible that God himself actually said, Abraham, I promise by my name. And whatever name God used, he used it. It would be, I promise by Jehovah, 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 whatever name that was used is the name that was promised by
whether it's possible that that's exactly what God did? Well, one can only infer from the scripture that God did something. Well, Abraham also heard something. We as believers, as pillars and overcomers with the Lord Jesus himself, will also be given the ability to have the name spoken to us. So Genesis twenty two sixteen, and it says once again, And he said, By myself have I sworn, says the Lord. And remember the word sworn in the Old Testament there. It signified to be complete, to seven oneself, as though you were speaking it seven times. Saith the Lord, For because thou hast done this thing, Thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. It says in Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 16, For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Verse 17, Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immu immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. Verse 18, that by two immutable things, two things that cannot possibly change, they are un changeable. It is an unchangeability. God cannot change his nature. He is who he is. And by two immutable, unchangeable things, meaning the promise itself and the oath that was made, it says that by two immutable things in the which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. The scripture says that he is the God of hope. Jesus is our hope. In fact, in the following verse, verse 19, it says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So in verse 20, Jesus is the forerunner. He is entered, and he has been made a high priest forever, even after the order of Melchizedek. Now this puts us in a tremendous uh, a spot in that God has elevated his word, has elevated his name, and then he has promised with an oath to do what he said he would do. And he said he would do it in his name. Well, consider this food for thought, for the imagination we run out of time for today. We'll continue tomorrow. Join us on Wednesday. But until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.